Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. I was there from the beginning. I mean, I was there from the beginning, side by side with Peter and Andrew, John and James, and I heard that call to leave my boat and become a fisher of men. And I, like the four brothers, I did. Like the four brothers, I did. Well, actually, kind of, sort of. See, I had to bring in my nets and and clean up the fish and wash up, and then then I caught up with them. See, but I was there for all those big moments. I mean, I was there for, for all of those big moments. And I see, I was one of those first disciples. Uh, well, I wasn't one of the apostles. I mean, I didn't get that involved. I mean, I was discipled. Like, you know, I got discipled by Jesus. But I heard all of his, his sermons. I witnessed all of those healings. Well, I see, well, well kind of, I, I heard about them. See, I mean, firsthand, I mean. Like when Jesus fed the 5,000, the, the 5, I was going to be there, but I had a hole in my net, and uh, I had to wait for the repairman to show up. And, and, you know, they don't give you a specific time. He just told me something between 9 and 6 p.m., so I, 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 I just I missed that moment. But when Lazarus was called out of the tomb, I mean, when Lazarus was called out of the tomb, I was there. Well, kind of. I was two streets down visiting a friend. But I saw the multitude coming, and they told me what happened. Oh, but see, I I was there at that Sermon of the Mount. I mean, I was there at the Sermon of the Mount. I'd heard all of the Beatitudes. Oh, but me and my friend were, Malachi, where we were sitting in the back of the room, and we were kind of talking about how great it was to see all these people and how great to see all this healing going on. But I kind of caught the gist of it. And I was there at his crucifixion. I mean, I was there when when he was crucified. Well, I didn't really go, but I followed from a distance. Well, actually, see, I was in the next town over. Because I I, I don't want to get confused for for one of those disciples. I mean, I I was a disciple, but not one of those fanatics. I mean, I prayed for people. I I told them how I believed in Jesus. But I I wasn't one of those, you, you know, one of those holy rollers. I mean, I was even there the day of Pentecost. I mean, I got after, after all that rumbling and grumbling and, and all these people were speaking in weird tongues. Nobody could understand what they were saying. But I was there. I mean, I got there a little bit afterwards because I had to stop and get a cafe mocha and, uh, you know, a bagel with locks. But, but I heard about it. But, yeah, I was one of those disciples. I mean, I was around a lot. I mean, I got discipled. You mean I hanged around, I, I tagged along. I was connected, but I, I wasn't committed. All right, guys, I appreciate you. You guys can relax for a few. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to take a few minutes of your time and pretty much that was the title of my of my of my of my sermon or my talk whatever you want to call it and it's funny that it's coming now because i think the church is going through something called revival I mean, we're going through something called revival. I'm not talking about a church service. I'm not talking about a weekend where people come together and we just have praise and worship and we just have music and people get all excited. I'm talking about revival. I'm talking about the changing of lives. I'm talking about the moment when people walk into the parking lot and they get healed. I'm talking about revival. 
But in the chance of, and, and speaking about revival and resetting and everything that Pastor Brent's been talking about and Pastor Josh has been talking about recently, we have to talk about relationship. I mean, real relationship. Oh. <laughs> we just came from something where we, people thought they were in relationships. You know, Valentine's 14 came around, and that's Valentine's Day, February 14th, and everybody thought that they were in a relationship. So there was no chocolate. There was no phone call. There was, <laughs> there was no flowers. And then all of a sudden, they found out that they, the person that they were with was just hanging around. They were just tagging along. They were connected, but they weren't committed. I've been struggling with this for a while because this, like some of you, it's me. I've been connected, but I haven't been committed. And it hurts to, and it hurts to say that. But it, it, it eases the mind to knowing that God is always there and he's waiting for us to make that connection to become commitment. And he's always waiting. And he stands there. But the only good thing about all of this, that he's not going to be that one that's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And those flowers never show up. Ooh, man, God is good. I was sitting here and I was thinking about the society that we live in, that we're just a, a hang-around society. We're just a, a tag-along society. We're just a society that wants to be in the mix, but not a part of the mix, so not even <laughs> committed to the mix. I'm going to use that word committed a lot because it, it, it's something special. And then while I was sitting there and the music was going, I was in the back, and I had a vision of when I was younger, and the 700 Club was on TV. And it said... For a one-time donation, you could receive this book. And I made that one-time donation. Twelve years old, I made it in my mom's card. I think it was, but not mine. <laughs> and I, it's not funny, it's the truth. <laughs> and we got that book. But I didn't become a member of the 700 Club. I just signed up for that one-time donation because I wanted that book. And that's the society that we live in now. Now, everybody's got Sam Clubs, and you've got to be a member, but if you know one person that has that card, you don't have to commit to a thing. Huh? A lot of us are hiding out from the, from the phones that we got in our, in our contracts, and we're jumping into a, a, a phone with no contract because we don't want to be committed because tomorrow me might want to switch up and go to another carrier because they've got unlimited, for, for instead of $62.99, they got it for $61.25. So then we got it. Oh, it's cute, right? How about this? How about we've got people that go to church to church, church to church, church to church, jumping because this pastor's got a great message and this pastor's got a great message. And then when they show up to one pastor, he's going, oh, you got it, you got it, you got it. They're throwing Bibles at him. They're speaking to him. They're saying, yes, preach, yes, preach, 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 preach. But then you just came for that one time to receive that message and then you never came back. Pinch yourself because it's true. Pinch yourself. Huh? I didn't see a lot of amens on that one, huh? Uh, I didn't hear a lot of amens on that one, right? Yeah. You know, that was mostly where I was at was the fact that we've got, I, I've come from a society that people hang around you. They hang around because they like all of the things that you can give them. Okay? 
I, I used to live in a place where we used to wear we used to wear stuff that people identified us. And then if you hung around us and you wore clothes and stuff that was similar to what we wore, you had the protection that, that came from being a part of us. There's a lot of people in church that come around here every Sunday, every Sunday they come up and they show up and they show up and then, but they never commit to the church. There was a young lady that came here last week and she's a minister, she's an evangelist and she's been going to the church for the past 15 years. She's been going to a church, but she never became a member because she didn't want them to stop her from being able to go somewhere else. She was connected, but she wasn't committed. I've been here for two years now. It was been two years in January. I showed up and then I seen the, 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 you know what? Everybody just give Pastor Josh a hand. All right? Give Pastor Jen a hand. Okay? I'm putting them two out there because for the past God knows how many months, we've only had them two constantly on praise and worship. The only time they stopped was when she had an episode and she couldn't make it. But Pastor Josh is saying she had an episode. I'm not going to say what happened, but everybody lay hands over right now. I mean, but Pastor Josh has been here week after week, singing and singing. And even on the days that he preached, he gave a little bit of it all. See, he was not hanging around or just tagging along. He wasn't just connected to the church. He was committed to not the altar, not Pastor Brent, not encounter AZ, but to you. We live in a society where people don't do that anymore. Loyalty is gone. And that's the part of relationship. People forget that loyalty, relationship starts with loyalty. Whether you're in a marriage, whether you're in a, in a friendship, there's loyalty. There's a commitment that only comes from being committed. There's, only, there's, there's, there's something that happens only when you decide that you're going to give your all. And I've, that's what I've been struggling with. Time in and time out. Time in and time out. Pastor Brian asked me to just preach a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I'm going to bring my wife up and preach with me. And then all of a sudden, I said, you got to talk about you first. And then that's where I'm at. How many times, how many of us have been here? We're seeing revival happen, and we're talking to people, but we're showing up on Sundays. And we're forgetting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Now, I'm not talking about coming to the building physically. I'm talking about what we're doing at home for our commitment, our relationship with God. Oh, I'm not talking about a church building. I'm not talking about encounter. I'm not talking about giving anything else. I'm talking about your relationship with God. I'm talking about just hanging around him enough so that people can see that you're there, that you've got the holy clothes on, that you got everything else, and then they can say, oh, he goes to church, but then you're just going to church and... You're in church, but the church isn't in you. This is a day in, day out. There's people that have been here in the body of Christ for two weeks, a month, two years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years. You've been born into the body of Christ, but you never connected. You never committed. You never said anything else. But I'm going to show up to church on Sunday just because my wife, my husband, my mom, my dad told me that I had to show up. And we come kicking and screaming. Or we get all excited because I got to go to church. Oh, yeah, I'm going to church Sunday. I'm going to get my feeling because it's getting good in church. They didn't even preach last week because it was all music. It was feeling good. And Pastor, oh, boy, it was so good. 
But then when we left here that evening, our daughter dropped something on the, on the rug. My husband and wife didn't do what I asked them to do. And all of a sudden, all that holiness feeling left the building. It was like the holiness has left the building. And that's what happens. Say, I'm not talking about coming to church and, and being a good churchgoer. Any, anybody can do that. A monkey can show up to church every single week. But why don't we have church in here? See, the church is really called the body of Christ. It's not a building. Right? So we say we attend church. We, we, we say that we're Christians. We're Christ-like, that we're building to get there. But where, where now, why aren't we attend, attending the church day in and day out? See, church happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, and sometimes 365 and a half days a year. All right? Leap year. If some of you leap. Okay? It's every four years. So it happens like that. But sometimes we only think of church as Sundays. We only think of church on Wednesdays. We only think of churches when we have to go up on a Friday night for Father's Heart and we get out there, we hear praise, worship, music, and guess what? Everybody gets filled up, get, get filled up, but they don't leave a deposit. Now, I'm not talking about leaving something here at the church. I'm talking about leaving something in somebody else's heart because you get filled up and you get filled up and you get filled up, but what do you give? And I'm not talking about money. I, I wish I, I could be talking about money because there's no, we, don't even collect, we don't even have a collection here. We have a, a box over there, and sometimes people forget that it's there. I know because I forgot that it's there. I mean, I didn't really forget, forget. Like, I knew it was there, but I wasn't paying attention to it because nobody said anything. So I kept on walking out the door, and I said, well, you know what? They didn't ask for it, so I don't really have to give it. I'm just saying. I was one of those disciples. I mean, I was an early disciple. Not so, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't one of those holy rollers. You know what I mean? But I was there. That's what I'm saying. But this is where we bring ourselves. This is where we're at today. That we're in a place where we want to be a part of something, but we don't want that to be a part of us. Where we come in and, and we make that one-time donation. We get what we wanted. We get the little book. And I can still see the book right now in my head. I can't remember what the heck it was about because I was like 12, 13. I just wanted the book. And, but it was blue and had gold writing. And then on the bottom, it said the 700 Club. And I was all excited. I didn't know anything. I was from Brooklyn. We went to Catholic Church. I just saw the 700 Club, and some guy was speaking, and it sounded good to me. But I didn't know that there was a deposit being made that day, you know, that would take me to where I'm at today. But I was there, and, and I wanted that book, and I wanted that book, so I called in. I didn't even, truthfully, I didn't pay for it. I didn't give anything for it. Like, some of us are here at church because our fathers prayed for us, our mothers prayed for us, our sisters prayed for us, our wives prayed for us, and we didn't give a thing, but we're here, and we're receiving a blessing. That's what happened to me with that book because I didn't pay for it. I got it, and it was put in my hands, but then I didn't do anything with it. Because I didn't find Christ until I was 21 years old. After I've been in a life of gangs, I've been in a life of drugs, I've been in a life of everything. And that book was given to me a long time ago. And I could have had it. I could have received it. I could have done something with it, and I didn't. Then I got into church. I mean, like, I got into a church church. I got into a church when you speak and everybody says, oh, and the Bible comes around and says, oh, we touch you, bah, and you down because the Holy Spirit was rolling so hard. And I was there, and I was feeling it. And every time I went there on a Sunday, everybody got up and everybody danced in the aisles and everybody did something different because the Spirit of God was there. 
The Spirit of God was moving around and the Spirit of God was staring up. People that could have walked that thing right there was gone. Get rid of it. But then when I left, I was normal. When I left, I was sleeping around. When I left, I was doing everything else because I was going to church. But I wasn't living within the church. See, God was beginning to move and God was beginning to do something, but I didn't know what was happening because I didn't want to get connected. I was scared to get connected. I, I, I was so scared that I ran for years and years and people were coming to me. Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And I would say, because I'm on break. Leave me alone. Or they're saying, why are you running? And I tell them, I got Tim's on. I can't run that fast. What are you talking about? Why are you running? I'm like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a tough guy, but I used to be a mean guy. And when somebody said something like that, I used to be a wise guy. And then I would bring something back, and I'm like, well, who are you? Well, my name is Bishop so-and-so, and my name is Pastor so-and-so, my name is Sister so-and-so, I'm Evangelist so-and-so, and God told me to come and talk to you and let you know that it's time for you to stop running. Uh, these people didn't know who I was, where I was from, what I was doing, and what I was running from, but they knew that God said something. Now, the reason that they knew that one said something, because they weren't just hanging around, they weren't just tagging along, they were committed to what God was doing. I know everybody's going through and said, man, he's preaching, he's preaching, and he giving no sermon, no, no scripture. Let me give you a scripture. You put that scripture up. All right? And uh, this, is, this is from Matthew. Oh, God, this is, this is a tough one. This is Matthew 7, 21 to 23. <laughs> Guys, don't, don't get mad at me. Don't hate the, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I got a vest on anyway. All right? It says, not everyone, no, no, keep it up there. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's all screwed up. Somebody messed up that thing. You guys need Jesus. Let, let, me, let, let me read it for you because that, that came up wrong. I think Pastor Brian wrote that. <laughs> it was a miracle. <laughs> bad preacher, bad preacher. I'm praying for forgiveness, guys. Give me a break. That was a lie. I had to step off the pulpit because of that. I felt so bad. I got convicted. <laughs> it says, not everyone. <laughs> oh, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, would enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare... To them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Uh, now, there should be something a lot more for that one because bring it up. Because it's telling you, bring it up, bring it up. Give them a real clap. Because that's the word of God. It's not the word of Joey. You know what I mean? That's, this is not the Bible according to Joey. This is the Bible. That's the words of Jesus Christ himself. But it touches us in a place that we can't, See, it touches in a place that we don't want to let people know that we're at. We can't phantom the, the idea, we can't fathom the idea of, of being a person that's told by God, step from me, depart from me. 
But I, I, I preached in your name. I, I, I prayed over people in the park. I gave out water in the park. I did all these things. When people came up to the altar, I prayed for them. People fell out. They got saved. They got healed. Everything else because I was doing your will. But you were never committed to me. You were committed to the service. You were committed to the pastor. You were committed to the church. You were committed to everything else but Jesus Christ. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you were scared to speak in tongues because you were scared that somebody was going to call you a fanatic. Somebody's going to call you a holy roller. That they were going to say something. And then you were scared that moment that that one word started coming out. You stopped. Because you didn't want to be seen as one of them. Now the fingers isn't going there. It's coming here because I was scared. I wanted to speak in tongues, but I was scared of what people would say. Because Joey is cool, laid back, and calm and to the side. And he doesn't even dance. He just leans back and puts his pants to the side. You guys don't understand. Huh? You guys don't understand. You understand? But you guys got to be able to, to be able to fight for, for not yourselves, but for everybody around you. Salvation isn't for you. I, I repeat it. Salvation isn't for you. I'll repeat it one more time. Salvation isn't for you. It's for every other person that can't get here. See, we live in a society where we can go into somebody. And we can, my, when I was going to preach, I told pastor I had the perfect title for my sermon. I had the little, the little thing going up. You know, and he, I'm sad, but I was going to use the picture of the night of the Roxbury when these guys were sitting outside waiting to get on a, inside of a nightclub. And they said that, yeah, I, I'm, it's good to say that you're a friend of, of God, but isn't it better to say that for God to say he's a friend of mine? See, there's, there's a big difference between saying, I know this person, and then that person saying, no, no, I know them. Let them in. I mean, I'm not sure about you guys, but I used to party hard. I, I, mean, I used to go to the nightclubs. I even had a bird pass. I used to get into any nightclub that I wanted to in New York City. That's how much I party. And this pass allowed you to go anywhere else. It's called the bird pass. The guy was a promoter. His name was Bird, right? But I would stand there in line, and I would see people come on in into the nightclub, and they were about to go in, and then all of a sudden, the velvet rope stopped in front of the other person. And they were like, but no, but I'm with him. And the other person already walked in. I'm, no, no, I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm with him. And then the person had to come back outside and say, no, he's with me. Do you see the difference yeah. of you saying that I'm with, I'm with, I'm with, but it doesn't, it doesn't validate anything until that person says he's with me. Now, we can stand here, come to church every Sunday. We can go anywhere we want to and say that we're Christians, that we're Christians. But until we see God doing something inside of our lives because we gave ourselves to him, we're just there. And he's saying, and you're saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sundays. I go here on Sundays. I'm in part of the praise team. I'm a part of the prayer team. I'm, I'm, I'm an intercessor. But everything is falling apart in your life because you're interceding only when people are around. You're interceding only when you're in front of the church. You're interceding only when you're in the back room. You're interceding when, only, you're, interceding when you're only in front of the pastor. You're only singing when you're in front of the altar. But when you leave here, you're like, Kiki, do you love me? But how about this? How about if I tell you that, that that verse wasn't original because Jesus said it first when he was talking to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Uh, then he said, feed my fish. Feed my people. Take care of my lambs. Do everything else. That's what he said. It's not original. The world doesn't do anything that it wasn't done first by God. Uh, so ask yourself, we were doing inside of our 
inside inside of our, our community groups, we've been listening to the Sermon of the Mount, and I, every week we hear something different about the Sermon of the Mount, and, and I had to ask my guy, my, the, the group that we were together, I'm like, have we ever stopped and listened to the words as if we were sitting there in the Sermon on the Mount listening to what God was saying? Or do we just read the Bible just to read the Bible? And it's just something that we read and it's just something that we see and we're going through and we're seeing it and we're like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let me write this down. But are we sitting there and listening and taking it in for ourselves? Are we the audience? Or are we just somebody just going through trying to find what's going to work for us? Today, there's some people sitting here today and they're like, I didn't show up for this. I didn't show up for this. I, I showed up because I wanted somebody to uplift me. I needed somebody to tell me, oh, boy, God, everything's going to be okay. I needed somebody to touch me, to lay hands on me. I needed somebody to just to say something good that I could, you know, that I could take throughout the week and whatever. But something hard happened to me a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Brent said, can't you just be a son? Yeah. Yep. That hit me hard, man. It hit me hard because I, by the time before he was speaking, I was already writing down some things that I could use for a sermon. Then he said, can I just sit there and be a son and receive? And it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'm not a small guy. Well, I'm a little bit smaller if you guys notice, 30-something pounds. You know? But it hit me hard. And then as I was sitting there, I've been pacing back and forth, back and forth. And I've had this thing inside of me, and it was just bubbling up and bubbling up, and I didn't get it. And then when the songs was going, I just heard, I had that vision of that 700 Club, and then just God just said it. I had to write it on the, I had to go outside there and write it on a piece of paper. Because I left my notebook up front. And it says, oh, <laughs> so all of us just make a one-time donation instead of becoming a partner just for the free gift. We're part-time lovers. And that hit me hard. And like I said, Valentine was right around the corners. And I'm an old dude. I know this part-time lover is a song that I used to love. Part-time lover. You know, I was rocking. And it hit me because I knew what it meant. I knew what it meant to only give half of myself. I knew what it meant to only give a part of myself. I knew what it meant to, to only share a little bit when I was told to share a lot. I knew it was like when somebody was hungry and I had a big plate, but I was still, I didn't even need it all. I wasn't even that hungry, but I ate it just because I had it. And I could have given them half and I didn't. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have $20 and see someone that needed just five and I couldn't give it up. I know what it's like just to, to do something half-heartedly. And that brings me back to where we're at. Are we hang-arounds? Are we tag-alongs? Are we connected but not committed? Ask yourself that this morning because this revival that's happening is going to be like that poem. That you're, going to be, you're going to miss it one day because you're too busy with your life to give this. It's Sunday, brother. All right? How many days a week are we have? Seven, all right? I feel like Obama. We got 52 states. No. How many days a week do we have? Huh? Seven days a week. There's 24 hours times seven. But we don't want to give them two or three when Pastor Josh is speaking five. But <laughs> that gives a hug. You guys, yeah, that was a good joke right there. You got to bring it right there. But we just, we can't give them two to three hours. We show up at 10, 10.30, it's 11.30. By 12 o'clock, we're out of here. 
This isn't even true like Pentecostal church. It's not even, this is not even there because now we'll be in, we come from churches where we're there all day. Then we got to come back for evening service, all right, while we're there. We're there for the morning service where we got to go in for Bible study in the beginning, 8 o'clock in the morning. We got to be there bright and early for Bible study, 8 o'clock in the morning. Then service starts at 11 because Bible study took two or three hours. So we're there over there. And then that's if the pastor didn't catch the Holy Ghost before he started preaching his preaching, his sermon. And then we're there a little bit longer. Then service starts at 11. Uh, service starts at 11. But praise and worship got so heavy and so deep that we didn't start going to 1230. And then the pastor preached from 1230 to 3 o'clock. And then he says, I'm going to let you. You guys think I'm playing? Huh? You guys said, uh, this is the saints talking. This is the old school stuff that you guys don't know about because you're millennials and this is a microwave situation and we could only do one thing because you guys can only have 15 minutes to think of everything that you got. And you could only observe things for that quick. Yeah, it hurts today. Today, today pa- Pastor Brent always told me because he heard it from his pastor and then he was passing it on to me because he's my pastor. And he was telling me, preach him happy. <laughs> he laughed. I'm not doing that, guys. <laughs> but but all, I feel bad now. No, no, I feel bad because I was thinking of miracles again, not because of what I'm saying. Uh, right? <laughs> As what, what, I'm, what I'm bringing back to the one point is this. There's, there's a difference between there, being there, and then being there. Now, we can show up to church, and then we're talking throughout the service. We're, we're standing in the back, and we're fellowshipping, because that's what we're supposed to do. We haven't seen each other all week long, but we could have changed that if we showed up to the church at prayer service, and we could have seen somebody else. I can't say I'm perfect, because we're, we're running around with one vehicle, and we could have been here every single night, but that's not an excuse. But what I'm saying is, that's good. What I'm saying is, there's a, there's a time when you have to stop playing games, and you have to put a ring on it. There's a time when you got to stop playing around and say, I'm going to be there. There's a time in your life where you're going to have to say, I'm going to stop singing songs and I'm going to start worshiping. There's a time when you have to say that I'm going to stop just repeating the, the Lord's Prayer over and over again because that's, there's power inside the Lord's Prayer, which there is. But sometimes there's a prayer that's got to go deep inside and you got to bring it out, not just for yourself, but for somebody else. There's a time where you're going to have to tell yourself I don't have to be at the mall. I don't have to be watching This Is Us. I can come to a place that's open, that is made to heal me. That's a place that's open to, that is like living waters where I can walk in. I'm talking about people that are getting, are talking about what's happening in the parking lot. But we're so busy worrying about getting inside of the church that we're not even feeling what's going on outside. It's happening outside. This is revival. It's not a church service. It's not a bunch of people coming together and just screaming and shouting and doing everything else. Revival is starting here inside of your heart. Revival. Pastor Brains keeps saying reset, 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 reset. You know why? Because sometimes things break. But the only thing that you have to do is press a button to reset it and to start it over. And then it begins to work. And then sometimes it works even better than it was before because it had that time to rest. I'm telling you that if you were in a place where you were lost, if you were in a place that everything was breaking down on you, if you were inside of a place that you just couldn't do it anymore and you felt that you just stopped working, but you just know that you know, you know from yourself and yourself that you just need that one push to get you forward, let's press that reset button. 
not a shameless plug for the church. It's a word that God gave our pastor. He gave the head of the house. He said we have to reset because he knew what was going inside of this church. He knew that we had power. He knew that there was stuff going on. He knew that we were supposed to be going somewhere, but we needed something to push us forward because we had to start all over again. You can't live on what you did yesterday. You can't live on what you did two years ago. You can't live on by the things that God did for you and the healings that you've seen by your own hands 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Not even the ones that you saw last week. You have to move at what's happening today, what's happening now. I laugh because I, I, I wrote this like in about two minutes. Um, I was preparing. My wife's like, is your message ready? I'm like, yeah, it's ready. You know, but I knew that God wanted me to write a poem, and I haven't. I'm scared of this pulpit up here. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm scared of being up here. This is something that I've never felt. I've never experienced in my life. I'm not a scaredy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not scared of things. I'm not scared of talking. I got a big mouth. I talk everywhere. All right? But there's, there's something here. There's, there's, there's a, I don't know how to say it, man. It's, it's, my grandfather passed away, and I didn't get to go to the funeral, which I'm glad I didn't get to go. But when I showed up to, to town that day, the, we went to the store, and, and the guy said, you know what I mean, hey, aren't you one of those Iscarots? You know? And I was like, I'm like, yeah, how do you know what you guys all look alike? And I was just like, yeah, we do. But he knew me, and then he, he knew me because my grandfather never called me his grandson. He always called me his son. And that, to this day, is, is big. I got a tattoo on my arm, and it's because my grandfather, they called him the Falcon because he got a big nose, honker. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, so they called him El Falcon because of his nose. But what I used to tag along, and, my, and I have an uncle that's two years older than me. And, you know, we're, we're, we're young. But for some reason, my grandfather grabbed me before he grabbed my, grand, my uncle. And I was always on his tail. And they called me the little falcon, the falconcito. Some stuff in Spanish and English don't translate. <laughs> it doesn't sound so cool. You know, el falconcito sounds good, but the little falcon don't sound too good. But, see, he, he, was, showing, he was showing the world that, that I was his. That I belonged to him. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, how, how, you know, I, mean, I wasn't somebody that hangs out with the crew. I wasn't somebody that hangs out. I wasn't a friend of the family. I was family. There's a difference between being damn being my grandson, which is an awesome thing. I love it. I love. I have grandchildren. I love them. But there's a big difference when you hear somebody say, "This is my son," and he's like, "Wow, he's kind of young." Yeah, I know. That's my son's son, but because of that, he's mine. Blessings were given to two children that did not belong to, into the, for the tribes of Israel. They were given their own because they took them at their own and his children. He said, "These will be my sons." So an inheritance was given. Guys, I, I believe that God is doing something different. I believe that he's ready to do something different inside of us. I believe that he's ready to, to bring you forth to where you were supposed to be. I believe that he's changing the hearts of you. He's changing the hearts of you. He's changing our pastor because our pastor is a control freak. I mean, seriously, he's a control freak. I mean, like he almost wanted me to change. He did want me to change the sign, but I never did it. Because it was off a little bit. His wife was like, he is not going to like that. Oh, my God. It's in recording. And that's like two inches to the left and right side. And he slid it out in time. And I was just like, I'm like, dude, breathe. I'm not changing it. You know. But if he would have said something, I would have because I'm obedient. You know. 
but not if he said miracle. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but we're in a place where God is changing. He's doing something. We have people show up from all over the country right now because of what's happening here. This is just, the, you know what the funny thing is? It's just music playing. It's just music playing. Let me say that one more time. It's just music playing. There's nobody up here giving special words. There's nobody up here preaching the gospel that's beyond incredible. You know, we, we don't have Billy Graham up here, man. You know? We don't have any of that stuff. All we have is music playing. But because there was a heart that decided to play music, that heart opened something up inside of here that said allowed things to happen. See, when that heart was open. And it was obedient. Because who hears about playing music 24 hours a day, even when people aren't there? you just like, you know what I mean? I'm Puerto Rican, man. And my mother would be like, mira, I'm not sleeping with Con Edison, okay? You turn off that, you turn off that electricity because nobody's there to listen to it. You don't need that music. But the place in the room is filled. There's sometimes only one or two people here praying. But people at home are feeling it. I mean, people at home, they're, they're, they're feeling it. There's no more time for fake intercessors. There's no more time for part-time pastors. There's no more time for, for part-time Christians. We, we can't be part-time lovers of God and his works. It's time for you to, to come back to where you were supposed to be. What I was saying about this altar, there, there's this, the, the podium, there's, there's, there's a legacy of greatness right here. And I'm not trying to puff up my pastors because they're both great, but both of them, they come up here and they give their whole heart. If I call Pastor Brent, which I have, Pastor Brent, my, my, uh, my truck is down somewhere. I need you to come get it. Okay, we're, I'll be right there. I know there's people that, that have gone through and they've asked Pastor Brent, Pastor Brent, I need to do something. They're right there. You know what I mean? We need, some, we need help inside of our household. We need somebody to come talk to us. Pastor Josh, he's right there. And there's a lot of us that do the same. I know I've called Andrew a couple of times myself. I called... Uh, Brother Denny, who's, who's new in the church, and he's given himself completely to the church. Not the church, encounter AZ, but to the church. I'm talking about the church of God. And I'm not talking about the denomination, the church of God. I'm talking about the church of God where every person that says I'm a believer is a part of. That's what I'm talking about. Now, we ask ourselves, why is, why is this place so important? And then we've had a few weeks where we've had praise and worship so heavy that the word wasn't needed because the spirit of God was here and there was healing going on. But sometimes there's a word that could only be filled by a person up front just to remind you of what it is that God had in store for you. A lot of us are showing up here broken. I mean broken. I mean, so hurt that you can't even look at yourself in the mirror because you disgust yourself. And not from what you're doing, but from what has been done to you. And you don't feel worthy. Yeah, you come to church and you put on a mask and you put on a mask. You cover it up and you just hope that somebody sees the God that you're trying to portray, portray that's in you but you're so far from him and you have so much disgust even for God sometimes. We hate who God is and what he's not done in our lives and why are we here? And you said that you would save my family and you said that you would heal my body. Give me a second.
Okay. I'm, right now, it's, it's not even for me. I'm just, I'm hurting because I know there's so many people that come here hurt. And then there's the same people leave hurt. Because they're ashamed to come to the front because they don't want nobody to know that they're hurt. But you can't get healed unless you go to the doctor and you tell them this is what's happening to me. You can't heal your family if you can't talk to the person that hurt you and tell them, listen, this is why I'm hurt. It doesn't even matter if they hear you. It doesn't even matter. But you got it off of your chest. And you can't just say that God is going to deliver the message for you because he, he can't. Sometimes he needs you. He strengthens you to be able to do that. Guys, it's, stop, it's time to stop being a part-time worker in a full-time job. You can't show up and expect to get paid for, all the, for 40 hours if only you do is five hours worth of work. God wants to give you the abundance of the things that you need inside of your life. Not even say the things that you want. I said the things that you need for your life. If he wants you to get healed, it's not because you want to get healed, but it's because he knows that you need to be healed. But he leaves you in your infirmity. It's not because he doesn't like you. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he's not fulfilling his promises. He's not, you're not being healed because your brokenness is helping somebody else become whole. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people, uh, Jeremiah has posted some good stuff about depression inside of the church. And it happens to everybody. There's times when we come down, but I can tell you that you can start to be healed from that as well by becoming around other people that have experienced what you've experienced. But they might have been scared to say it, but they are here to tell you, I'm here, brother. I'm here, sister. I'm here, little one. I'm here for you because they're brothers and sisters. I don't have a lot of friends. I, don't, I, mean, I know a whole lot of people because I got a big mouth and I talk to everybody. But I don't have a lot of friends. Even here at the church, I don't have a lot of friends. I, I'm a very guarded person. I might be very outspoken and I love everybody. I say hi to everybody. I'm quite sure I've said hi to every single person in this, in this place today. But as when we leave church, it's not because I don't like you guys. It's just because I'm a really guarded person. Uh, I like you a little bit. You know what I mean? I like you a little. You know what I mean? Michelle is awesome. You know, and I'm so bad with names, but being in the side of this place, I've learned to learn names, not just behind the face. And then when I learn your name, I, 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 I'm, I'm learning something from Wendy. Okay? And that's to speak with an accent. No. I'm learning to ask and to be curious about how and why you came to God. I'm learning to to show interest into why you've come here and why you stay here. The church is filling up. We got a lot of people coming. But I, I, want, I want to ask of you, I'm going to beg of you to not take up a seat if you're going to just be half-hearted. This place needs people to have their full heart into the church. I need you to be committed to the church. I need you to give your all to the church. And praise the worship team. Come back up, please. I need you to give your all to the church. Because God is beginning to move. And he needs people to help usher in. He needs people to, to truly pray, pray with power. So that when we pray for somebody, they're healed. 
that when we pray for somebody, they become whole. If they have the unction and, and the audacity to come up front believing that God is going to do something, that we have people that have the unction and the audacity to believe that God can. But we can't do that if we're just connected and not committed. So let's not be hangarounds. Let's not be tagalongs. Let's not just be connected, but let's commit ourselves. Commit yourself to what God wants to do inside of your life. Commit yourself into reaching out and telling somebody else about the goodness of God and what he could do. And understand that we've got power like we've never seen before. When, the God, when Jesus was with the disciples, they had the power that Jesus had. And we thought that, that was amazing. Walking on water, spitting in people's eyes, and they're getting healed. You know, I can see again. You know, people being healed by the touch of his garment. But can I tell you that at that time, Peter and the disciples were just connected because they were living off of the power that Jesus had. And then they were with him. But after Jesus left, something happened. He wasn't only with them. He wasn't just hanging out with him like this. Look, he wasn't just stand up, Pastor Brent. He likes to do examples. He wasn't just walking side by side with them anymore. Right? They melted together because the Holy Spirit came and he lived inside of him. I'm sure so it doesn't make a difference. But now they're intertwined because it's not just something separate that somebody could break. No, there was a connection. We were intertwined. Mm-hmm. You can sit down. I don't like you that much. But there was a connection because you were intertwined. You have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God living inside of you the moment you said, I do, to him. It came to the point where the disciples were walking. Yes, people got healed, but they couldn't save or do anything for everyone. But when they had the Holy Spirit inside of them, they could walk down the street and there would people be healed by their shadow. People get healed by a piece of the cloth from an apostle. But I can tell you that's for every single person here. Somebody could get healed just by walking by you and your shadow being on them. Just by you touching them, they could be healed. Just by you breathing near them, some of them can be healed. And just by being in your presence, as long as you're committed and not just connected, there's healing. There's healing. I'm just curious. I want to ask, how many of you here just, oh, since Bobby's been here 51 days and the Lord's, I don't know, we just feel his presence increasing. How many of you have been touched by the Lord and been revived? I just want to see. Will you raise your hand? For those of you who have your hand up, I want to encourage you and say there's more. And those of you who don't have your hand up, I want to encourage you and say you're next. Because I feel like as Joey was preaching, I just kept thinking about the story in the scripture about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, he was commissioned by God. God, he saw the ruins of Israel, and he was living in a foreign land. He saw all the the walls around Jerusalem were torn down, and so he went to the king and said, I need to go home. And he had favor with the king. He said, I need to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
And the king said, you should do that. And so he went home, but do you know what? He couldn't do it by himself. So there was all these people that he brought along. And he, and he said, hey, Courtney, come here. We're building something. You know God is building something here? You don't have to say anything. This is your, this is your part, okay? This is your part of the wall. You're going to build this part. And then he said, Joey, come over here. Come over here. You and your family, this is your part of the wall. And then he said, Keisha, act like you're not related to Joey. You come up here. This is your part of the wall. And you know what, they, what happens is when everybody got on the wall, they could do something that they couldn't do alone. They could build something. God could build something through them, and they did amazing things. But do you know what the enemy did? He sent in some people with some weird names like Sanballat and Tobiah, and, and they said, hey, hey, Nehemiah, come here, come here come off the wall. I need to talk to you. We need to talk to you about what you're doing because they really wanted to hurt him. But he said, how can I come off the wall? How can I take a break from what I'm doing and come and talk to you? And, and I think the enemy wants to get you off the wall, but I believe this message this morning was from God to say, you know what? Find your place on the wall and start working because God is building something. Whatever that looks like to you, if that means getting involved in serving, if that means coming on Sunday night and praying and saying, this is my portion of the wall. And if it comes down, if it's up to me, this part is going to be done. I'm going to fulfill my calling. I'm going to do what God has placed me here to do, and you do your part, and you do your part, because God is building something. Can you stand up to your feet with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare, God, that nothing is going to take us off the wall. Nothing is going to take us away from what you have for us. We're committed, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you this morning, I want to, we're going to start to worship, and if you're here this morning, I want to invite you up if you're saying, you know what, I'll take my part on the wall. I'm not coming off the wall, no matter what distraction. George Otis Jr. had it right when he said external distraction is what holds us back from a move of God in this country. And I'm looking for some people who say there will be no distractions. I'm finding my place on the wall and nothing's going to take me off the wall. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just declare, Lord, that we will do our part. God, we will intercede. We will pray. God, we will go after and seek your face because we want to see your glory in our generation. We want to know you, God. We don't want to just be connected. We want to be committed, Lord. Come and move us into this place of intimacy, God. We will carry the weight. We'll do what you called us to do in the name of Jesus. Come on. Worship team's going to start to sing. I want to invite you up and say, this is my part of the wall. This is my part of the wall, and I will do it, and we're going to worship him, and when enemy's going to see that there's nothing that's going to take this church off of the wall, there's nothing that's going to take us back to, to mediocrity, we're going in. Jesus, we want all of you. Come and meet us in this place. Come on and worship him.